Boker Tov. Good morning, everybody. Boker Tov. Today is Mem Vav. No, today is Mem Zayin. Yeah, we stopped at the Mishnah. Um, where did we stop? Oh, no, yeah, we stopped at the Mishnah on Mem Zayin. We stopped at the Mishnah on Mem Zayin. So it's in the middle of the page. Mem Zayin Amur Aleph Mishnah. Yeah, and we finished with the story with the Resh Lakish when he uh, was, uh, sold himself to the cannibals. That's where we stopped. Okay, Mishnah in the middle of Mem Zayin Amur Aleph. Hamocher etzadehu leoved kochavim lokeach omevi mimenu bikurim epinetikun haolam. One line Mishnah. Person who sells his field to a goy, I mean his field in Eretz Israel, we tell him that he has to go buy the bikurim annually from this field. Look at Ashi. Ashi says it's a little higher up than where we are in the Mishnah, a few lines up. What do we say? That was our Mishnah. Our That's what it says. Yeah, so that was our. So it must be that she had the other version. Okay, fine. So he changed it back to Al Girsah. Fine. Anyway, what does he say? I have to buy the the uh, bikurim. Says Rashi, b'chol shana, every year. The first fruits of this field that I've sold, I have to go every year back to the field and buy them from this goy that I sold the field to. After the first year or the second year, the guy's going to get the gist of what's going on. He's going to start to sack me. He knows I'm coming every year for the first fruits, and the mishnah, the 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 the, the uh, chachamim don't care. I don't care how much you have to pay. It's why you have to buy them for whatever price. Says Rashi, what's the reason? We, don't, we want to penalize you. Right. Even if you did sell it, you're not going to be so happy as every year the price goes up and up and up and up. up. You'll buy the field back. We want you not to do this. And if this you did it... What to uh, source for that element that we tell we tell people not to sell to coming up right now, mahlokit in the gemara right now. Okay, so right now it seems that this this seems like a tikkun olam, right? Which is going to be a proof in our conversation about exactly what Jesse mentioned. Can you sell a piece of land in Israel to a goy or not? That's what it comes down to. Okay, so Amaraba, first opinion gemara Amaraba, afal pishe en kinyan lo ve kochavim mide maaser, even though. Selling a piece of land to a goy in Israel will not remove the ma'aser requirement from that land. Shneemar ki li ha'aretz. See the whole pasuk. Ve'aretz lo timachel etzmitut ki li ha'aretz ki gerim v'toshavim atem imadi. Pasuk. Clearly, Hashem says you're not allowed to sell the land indefinitely because the land belongs to me, and you guys are just gerim v'toshavim. Okay, I give you dwelling rights to live on the land. That's what you are, and therefore. Clearly, Pasuk says, and therefore the Kiddusha is there regardless of who owns it. That's the opinion number one. Okay? Aval says, Okay? So, he says, even though you cannot have ownership of a goy to remove the Kiddusha, meaning requirements of Trumot, Ma'asrot, and all that, but they can actually acquire it to dig in the in the land to build to uh, to dig water wells and so and such. We'll see why. Shneemar Hashamayim Shamayim Ladonai. We know that pasuk. Okay. So Rabbi says these two psukim seem to be somewhat contradictory. Obviously. Okay. And in one pasuk where it says Li Kola Aretz, yes, that's true. 
right? That's that's because the kedushah of Eretz Yisrael is is eternal. That's how Rabbah understands this contradiction. And the other pasuk that says Va'aras Satan of the Adam, you can do what you need to do there, but the kedushah is all going to be there. Okay, first opinion. Rabbi Eliezer said no. Af al pi sheyesh kinyan leovei kochavim be'eretz Yisrael lehavkia midei maaser sheneemar deganecha velo dagan oovei kochavim. So that pasuk, right, is one we're familiar with. Safta deganecha, right? So yours, but not the one that belongs to the goy, and therefore belongs to the goy. You don't have to give to the motum asot. The ownership of the goy on the land removes the kedushah that is there for the two motum asot. Aval. So they have opposite opinion on both on both sides. Okay, Sheneemar Lahashem Haaretz. Okay, so that pasuk is Hashemayim Hashemayim Lahashem. No, that's not the one we want. That's Lahashem Haaretz Umlaah. That pasuk. I don't know why they're going to bring the pasuk over here, but okay, fine, it's not it. Anyway, Lahashem Haaretz Umlaah. Everything in the land belongs to Hashem. And therefore, opinion number one, one more, let's repeat. Rabbah says, the Goy, right, even if he owns the land, the Kiddushah is still there for Tumotu Ma'asrot. The Goy could technically own the land. He can own the land that he wants to build on it, he wants to dig, he wants to, it's his. But the Kiddushah will always be there. Uh, according to the Bili Ezer Hafuch, the Goy owns the land, the Kiddushah is gone, and he's not allowed to build on that land, even though he owns it. Okay? So, we'll, which one? He's, that's his. That's his opinion of w- that why the goy is not allowed to dig how uh, shechin bor shechin maara because the Hashem the Aris belongs to Hashem. Is that different? Oh, meaning what? The first that he can choose he, to give it to whoever he wants to. What, how would we? Dis- what does that mean? Oh, what's the nafkamina? You saying for that the fact that I, can how's I, the pasuk telling me that it's only for Jews, not for goyim? It's not. For, it's not for Jews either. Hashem And therefore what? And therefore you cannot dig on this land, build water wells, build this or that. The long below the land belongs to Hashem. Belongs to Hashem, but we're the guardians. We're the guardians, yes. Ah, okay. Look at it. Look at it. We'll read the Rashi over here. We need the Rashi over here in the beginning to get us in the right frame of mind for the rest of the daf. So let's go. Up. Okay, Rashi says She'en Kinyan all the way from the beginning of the Gemara. Okay, She'en Kinyan says Im Kana Ovei Kochavim Karka Ba'aretz En Kanui En Kinyano Kanui Lavkia Mikdushata. Meaning, if the goy does make a kinyan, acquires this place of land, that acquisition will not remove the kiddushah that's there. Meaning, why would happen if it would be if it would remove it? That would mean shelotet haya b'maaser, right? And that not that's not what happens. The maaser requirement is still there. And what's the nafkamina for that the goy is actually not giving maaser? Obviously, he's not giving terumah. So what do you mean? What do I care if the kiddushah is there or not? At the end of the day, I says no. There's a big difference, says Ashi. The Israel akonemi menu mina perot sarich laaser. He, the goy owns the the land in Eretz Israel, right? And the kedushah is still there, but he's not he's not separating two matumasot. But if I buy the produce from that land from the goy, now I'm obligated to give two matumasot, as opposed to the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, who says no, the ownership of the goy removes the kedushah of the fruit requirements, and therefore no, you buy so you the fruit from him, you don't have to do anything. That's no, that, that's true. So you'd have to go to the field and make sure that they're first fruits, hundred percent, absolutely true. Okay. That's, that's it. They want to make it hard for you, but that's exactly the point. They want to make it hard for you. No, I understand. I understand that it's a class in a certain way. Right. Okay. So that was opinion number one. She'en kinyan. Okay. The other opinion was no. The requirement of the goy, and I'm sorry, the ownership of the goy's land of the land makes it, um, you know, patur from tumatumasrot, 
And why? He learns it from the Pasuk of Diganecha. Diganecha velo Dagan Ove Kochavim. So the Pasuk says, Rashi says, Digunecha velo Digun Shel Ove Kochavim. He changes it a little bit, right? He says, what does it mean? She'im Mirhan Oved Kochavim. Okay, Miruach is the final stage of any any of the grains, or right where I'm smoothing over the pile. So I've I already you know processed it. I've removed the the seeds from the stalks. I've cleaned it all out. Now I got all these grains all over the place, and now I push them into a nice big pile, smooth it out. That's miruah. That is the final stage that gives it the requirement for separating to ma'asrot. So now im he did the miruah vehen shelo, he owns them. Meaning what? Bishat miruah. He owned this. He owned the field. He owned the produce. He did it. And at shat miruah, shugman melachtol lemaaser. Right? Miruah of ekochavim potran. That that melacha that done by the goy would remove the uh, requirement of tumatum asor. Ve'afilu lekachan miYisrael bishibulin chidush. Says Rashi. Even if the goy bought the the stalks of grain from the Jew, which means they grew in the piece of land owned by the Jew. The Jew harvested it, sold the stalks, and the goy processed it, and did all the necessary stages to get to Miruach, and he did the Miruach. Patur. Okay, it's not, it's not about because the Dagan, right, the final... No, Patur. Afil lekachan Israel b'shibulin, period. Even if he bought, the goy bought them from the go, the Jew while they were in the stalks, it would be patur. Aval, however, im higdilu bekarka oved kochavim velekachan Yisrael b'shibulinu mirhan. That's hayav ma'aser. Okay, the, if the Jew had bought these stalks from the from the uh, field of the goy, and he did all the processing, that's what it's going to be hayav. Why? The karka eret Yisrael beyad oved kochavim lo hufkeak dushata. Okay, fine. That that does not remove the kedusha. What, he, according to opinion two. What, what, what removes the requirement is who did the final processing. If the processing was done by the goy in the ownership of the goy, it's patur. If it was done by the Jew in the ownership of the Jew, it's chayab. But both opinions seem to be saying that the ownership of the goy will not remove the kedusha. A point, a, right? A, neither of them. Neither of them saying that. Okay, opinion number one said. Right, Rabbi said, uh, Right, the maaser requirement is always there. And according to Rabbi Ezer, we thought what he's saying that that he but that's only technically true if the goy did the miruach. If he didn't do the miruach, it was done by you, even though the the, prop, the produce going to actually grew in the field of the goy, then that would be high in maaser because you did the final processing stages on the product. What 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 is what is uh, making the requirement of tirumak and maasot kick in is the digun, right? Because he's learning from the pasuk of diganecha. Diganecha velo dagan ove kochavim. Dagan is the miruach, and who did the miruach? You or the goy? If you did it, it's chayav. The goy did it, it's patur. Both opinions would say what? That if the prop, the produce grew in the field of the goy, at the end of the day, right? First opinion says, I don't care, no matter what you have, even if you didn't do anything. If, if the goy did the digun, you still have. If you buy the final fruits from the goy, you still have. That's first opinion. Second opinion is, no, 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 no. If the goy did the digun, then it's already going to be patur. But if you didn't, then you bought the stalks and you processed it, and you did the digun, then you're going to be have. Good? Okay. So, says now, we're going to try to figure out back and forth who's right. So, uh, that's where we are, right? So Rabba was the first opinion that says that the goy cannot own the land. Okay? And he says, I'm going to bring you proof. 
that even if you bought final final finished product product of fruits, I have to separate two matumas. He says, Ditnan, I bring you Mishnah. Haleket v'ashichicha v'apea. So we know what those are, right? The leket is while you're gathering and things fall out of your, uh, you know, of your, of your pile. One or two stalks you leave. More than that, you're allowed to pick up. Shichicha is a final st- uh, bundle that I just left. I forgot them in the field because what I do is the way that it works. When you're harvesting, think about what they're doing. Everything by hand over there. So they would go to a bunch of stalk of wheat. They would use their sickle, cut it, and they would just tie it and move to the next section, and then tie it and move to the next section. So at the end, you have a field that's fully cut, but there's piles all over the place, right? So you go. You're going to bring the piles in for the processing stage. So if you forgot one of those bundles somewhere in the field, that's shichicha. Okay? Pe'ah is the corner of the field that you're obligated to leave. There's no shi'ur. Ve'elu devarim she'en lahem shi'ur. Ha'pe'ah. No shi'ur. We don't know how much. Whatever. Whatever you want to leave. Right? Fine. So you leave a corner of the field uncut. Okay? And you leave those. All those technically are left for aniim, which basically means they have care. Right? They belong to any ani. Which ani? Any ani. Okay. So it says like this. Now now we have the background. It says Rabbah, I'm going to prove to you that the Goy has no rights of land, of ownership in it. Ready? Here we go. The Leket Pe'ah and Shichicha that the Goy left in the field is if so, if so, a Jew that gathers that would have to separate Tulumotu Ma'asrot unless... The goy was mafkir. Now that's the pshat of the Mishnah. What does it mean exactly? The one I was going to tell us. Hey, Chidami, explain me this case over here. Who's the field owner? Who's the one that's being mafkir? What's going on? He says, Ilema de Yisrael. If you want to tell me, right, that the field belongs to a Jew, okay, and laktinu oved kochavim, because you're telling me over here, leke pe'ah oved kochavim. Is he the one being the milaket, or is he the one who owned the field and someone else is coming to take the leket? We don't know what this Mishnah means. Yeah. So says, if you want to tell me that the field belongs to a Jew, and the goy is this ani guy that's coming and taking this leket pe'ah v'shichicha, right? So then, why, I don't understand why, why, why you want to tell me, ela imken hifkir, ha-mifkire Why would I say it's hayav in ma'asir unless the Jew was mafkir? By definition, Leket pe'an shichicha is already hefkir. It's automatically hefkir. I don't need to be mafkir again, right? And therefore, that can't be the case. It can't be the case of a Jew who, who owns the field and the goy is collecting. Rather, it must be the opposite, where the goy owns the field and the Jew is collecting the field, right? El alav deoveko chavim is the field owner velaktinhu Yisrael. The Jew is the one that's gathering this leket pe'av shichicha from the field of the goy. And now, what does it say over there? It says that Jew would need to separate trumotu ma'asrot. Ela imken, right? Ela imken hifkir. No, 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 no. The Mishnah said Ela imken hifkir, which means the Jew would need to separate two from one. unless the goy was mafkir the field, mafkir the like a So you can't assume he's doing it l'shem mitzvah. He's doing it just like So the one says ta'ama dehifkir. The reason why I would not have to give Tirumotu Ma'asrot is because the Goy made it Hefkir and, and Halakha for uh, Tirumotu Ma'asrot, there's never Tirumotu Ma'asrot from Hefkir ever. Okay? So if the Goy declared it ownerless, so then now it's Patur for the Jew, he doesn't have to give anything. But if he did not Mafkir it, Ha Lo Hefkir, Hayav. So now what? The, Jew, the Goy owns the field. The only way to be patur for Trumotu Ma'asrot on the Leke Pe'av the Ani Yisrael coming, is for the Goy to be Mafkir. That automatically means that if he's, the Goy is not Mafkir, the Jew who collected from the field these Trumotu Ma'asrot, these Leke Pe'av does need to give 
He does need to give. The coin owns the field. No, no, no. And bide ove kuchavim lafkia mide maser. Proof. He doesn't have the right. The fact that he owns it doesn't remove the kiddushah because we're telling the Jews coming to collect from the field, hey, if he didn't be mafkir, you better go and uh, separate two masot. Oh, but the goy owns it. I don't care if he owns it. It doesn't matter. If he, even though he owns it, you're still obligated to separate it. That's my proof, says Rabbah. How long does this last for? Right? Because you have a certain time period in terms of the three, four years. Also, same thing. You have until the third year of, um, the, of, the, of the Shemitah cycle. You have to, you have to do biur. Biur is in year three. Year three, year six, behind the Akodesh which means you have you have until the third year to give it right. or, or or to bring your stuff to. And then even though the kiddushah still chal on that forever, forever, forever. 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 Any time the goy doesn't matter. According to this opinion, the goy owns the land, and uh, no matter what, you can't sell it again. You can't sell your asset. Well, if I sold it to the goy, according to this opinion, it's yeah. not a real. It, it seems like the, the the owner of the land, <coughs> which is the goy, yeah. doesn't remove the fact that anybody who buys from this goy or now even takes from the goy's field has to give has to so give to him. So for the rest, for the next fifty years, he has to give to him. You're assuming that the goy is giving back in your veil. Who said? It could be forever. The next forty-five years. Or forty-five forever. I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> my, my point is that he's got to now always give to Masrot on whatever is growing within that land. O- only if I took. I took from the guy. The guy, if the guy grew and ate, or, okay, I can't tell him give it to him. Right. The Jew came to take from that land. field, either purchased or now like you would have to give, you'd have to give to him to Masor. Yeah. That's the, the Jew sold to him. Yes, the, yeah. 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 the Jew sold the field. So, uh, all the land in Israel was once owned by all the Jews. So that's it. So yes, all the land there. Right? Yeah. Isn't the Mishnah's case, it's any Jew that comes or the one who specifically sold it to him? The Mishnah's case is yeah. no, it's the penalty on the guy who it's sold it. Yeah, because Bikurim, there's a difference. Okay, let, yeah. let, let me just. There's a there's a difference between Bikurim versus Trumot Maasrot. Trumot Maasrot is an obligation on this food. I cannot eat this food. The food is Asur until I remove the right. Kedusha. Bikurim is a personal obligation. It's on me. It's not on the food. If right. the fruit was Bikurim and somebody didn't bring a Bikurim and the guy ate it, Fine. It's not. It's not an isud on the fruit, like like trumotu ma'asrot. There's no mitah for somebody who ate bikurim, right? As opposed to the produce of like which has in, in it inherently isur, tevil. It's, it's tevil. It's, that's not every single Jew that would go to a field. So you got to look at who you're buying from and what the history. Of that's the, the difference because the, the that's the mishnah is bikurim. It's a personal right. obligation of the owner of the field. Right. And that would only, that right, would I have list. to. It's it's me making my statement. That I have would to come. Only three, four years, and then it's over. Why three, four years? Bikurim, the first few. That's Orla. You're talking. You're confusing Bikurim and Orla. Bikurim, Bikurim is annual, annual, right. annual, forever. You're talking about Orla is the first three years of the fruits. Would that be obligation that, as well. That's a personal obligation also. Even if he sold. The no, food. That, that's like a turmoil to That's on the food. Food, the the the, the or laws are sort to be in the first three years. Right. Are right. Nothing. You can't control that. Yeah. Huh? You can't control that unless you're buying it and throwing it out. Right. Right, right. Okay. How do any of these rules, uh, rules apply today? We have no Bidamik that we do have Shemitah. So the Shemitah that we have is rabbinical nowadays. Right. It's all rabbinical. So, what so this obligation would, would, would be required. You're saying if I sold my field to a goy nowadays, what would I have to do? Yeah. Nothing, according to this Mishnah, because the only thing is buy the Bikurim and, uh, and, and say the statement to Beit Mikdash, which we wouldn't do anyway. We don't, yeah, it wouldn't work. So unfortunately, it's a Mihalacha that doesn't apply today, but hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Okay, so that was opinion number one. Rabbi just brought us a very good proof. Yeah. It seems to be the Mishnah is talking about the Goy owns the field. The Jew is the Ani that's collecting from the field. And it says that the Jew, this Ani, would have to give to Mutu Masot unless the Goy declared it Efker. 
Oh, even so, if you didn't declare hefker, I have to. Oh, but it's owned by a goy. Doesn't matter. You see, the fact that the goy owns it doesn't remove the kiddushah of the requirement to give to the Asrot. Boom. Says Rabbah, I'm right. Good. What's back? Says, well, I'm at Where am I? I lost my place. Right to where we are. Lo. Six, uh, ten lines to the bottom. End of the word. Less where lines is Le'olam. Lo. Le'olam. The Israel. Field belongs to the Jew. Ve'lakhtinu ovel kochavim. And the Goy is the one who collected it. And you knock that opinion out, or that, that possibility out, because you said, Ude'ka'amad ha'mifkere ve'kaime. It's already afkir. Says, well, you're right. Nehi de'mifkere ad'ata de'Israel. Ad'ata de'ovel kochavim mi'mifkere. When the Jew who owns this field left his pe'aleke pe'ave shichecha, who do you leave it for? Other Jews. Other, that, that, that's his intention. I'm being mafkirit for the Ani Israel. A goy came and take it? That's not a fkir to the goy. And therefore, anybody who bought that produce from that goy would have to separate it. Why? Because that goy doesn't own it. It was only mufkar. It's not mufkar. It's mufkar for Ani Israel. It was never mufkar for him. And therefore, that's what the Mishnah is saying. Elaim Ken, the original Jew, was mafkir it after the goy took it. That's when you can say now that you're gonna have, it's going to be patur from Torah to Masor. So there's no proof from him anymore over here because it very well could be that the, the Jew is the owner of the Jews, field. Ten owners removed. Say again? The original Jew is ten owners Go find out who it is. Okay, but that's the Mishnah is telling you. The Mishnah is telling you. Now, you don't have a proof from here to tell me that the goy owned the land. I very easily explained to you that the Jew owns the land. It's already Mufkar, yeah. It was Mufkar for other Jews, not for a Goy. The Goy took it over here, so the Jew would have to do Hefkir again in order to make it Patur. That's what Mishnah is saying. And that would work, and therefore you don't have a proof anymore. Okay, <laughs> fine. So we'll try again. Tashima. Yisrael shalakach sadeh me'ovei kochavim ad shelo hivi ashlish v'chazar u'mechara lo mishivi ashlish hayevet b'maaser shekvar nithayva period. Right? So the Bible says as follows. A Jew is buying a field from a Goy that was pre-planted already. Okay, so he's getting a nice deal. He doesn't have to do any work. He's going to wait for the produce to grow. I mean, so he bought it. It didn't grow one-third of its height yet. So for the, at that point in time, there is no requirements of tumot, masrot, nothing. It's not there yet. But you know what he did? He turned around and sold it back to the goy after it was already grown more than a third or more of its final size. Okay, says the baraita. Why? Period. You know why this field is now, which is in the possession of the Jew, of the Goy, right, is Chayav? Because it was Chayav from the time it was by the Jew. The Baraita says, it grew one-third in the possession of the Jew. The requirement kicked in. You sold it to the Goy. Sorry, once the requirement kicked in, that's why now you have to separate Tumotum Asrot. Infer, very nice. The only reason why I have to separate Tumotum Asrot is because it was the requirement kicked in by the Jew. If it stayed by the Goy the whole time, you wouldn't have to. Good. My says nithayva in lo nithayva lo pashut. If the, if it was never in my possession at all, say by the goy the whole time, I wouldn't have to give anything. And so again, enough, proof now for Rabba that that what? What's enough time now? If you go either of the two paths, so path number one is the goy has to redeem it, and it's not in the position. Uh, no, no has to redeem anything. What are you talking about? I bought the field from the goy. He had planted it. I bought it. Correct. I let it grow. And then I sold it back to the goy before I, I harvested. Oh, you're you yeah, in the yeah. case before. Yeah, okay, so let's go case, back. Before, okay, the I left the Tumot I left the Pe'alek Pe'af was right. left by the goy. Yes. Good. And the Jew has to redeem it if the goy, because you got to assume that the goy didn't redeem it, right? No. No. 
Again, the reason why the Jew would have to give Trumotu Ma'asot, according to this opinion, is because the ownership of the Goy does not remove the Kedusha. That was my proof. That one. Yeah, the prior case. Now let's go to this case. Okay. In this case, the the Goy has no obligation. It's only the obligation because the Jew still owned it in the past. That's exactly the point. Okay. Which means that the ownership of the Goy... So now let's assume I'm the Jewish buyer of this produce. I bought the produce. I bought, who, who, who owned it along the way? What's the case with this question? I ordered it from the from the from the goy. I bought it from the goy, but you got it. You're I, I bought it and sold it back. It. I bought it from the goy before it, before it grew, and then it grew, and then I sold it back to the goy. And now somebody's coming to buy that land. Correct. What produce? I'm saying. Okay, fine. So you're going on the argument that the last owner. Did it, Jewish owner didn't do uh, wasn't no up here. no my proof is that the fact that the only time I tell you it's hayav is because it grew to the obligation in the possession of the Jew that's why it's hayav if it had never grown in the possession of the Jew stayed by the goy the whole time but that's my proof proof to, proof to the opinion that says that yes there is possession is, you can can you live with both opinions can you live with both opinions if you argue that the, the ownership of the goy, mm-hmm. right, triggers this obligation of maaser or or whatever these items are have to be taken out, mm-hmm. right? Can you live with that opinion and the prior opinion that? Th- well, the prior one we already have two ways to explain the Mishnah, but we have two ways to explain that. That, but we explain we explain the way the question, which means I can explain the Mishnah both ways, right? I could say the Jew owns the land. The, right, the Jew owns the produce, and the goy collected it, and the Jew needs to be called a hefker because I only was mafkir for other Jews, not for Aniim, and therefore I have no proof about a goy owning it all because the Jew owns it in that scenario. That's one way to explain the body. The other way is, no, no, the goy owned it, right, and the Jew is the collector, and it's only patur if the goy uh, declares it, uh, declares it uh, what do you call it, hefker, which means what? The obligation was still there. So I have two ways to explain it. It's not a question anymore. So I don't know anything about the prior case because I have both ways. Both both opinions can be supported from so that Mishnah. I have a new question. Kedushat Ta'aretz will only kick in when I have produce for it, though. Right? So Kedushat no, Ta'aretz, the land is land. Very nice. No, but I'm saying according to the first opinion, yeah. even if it doesn't hit Shlish, yeah. you still have the obligation. At, at some later point in time. That's whatever. correct. Yeah, that's correct. Whatever, yeah. yeah, that's correct. Because that's the Kedushah has never gone. And the second opinion, if it didn't hit Shalish, then you wouldn't have the obligation. That would be enough coming up. If it didn't hit Shalish, I right. would not have an obligation yet. Despite Kedushah Ta'aretz. Right. Because the Goyer owns it. Because it never really had full possession within the Jew. It's not considered full possession. Correct. It correct. 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 That's enough coming up. Right. Correct. So the, the real question mm-hmm. is whether it's Kedushah Ta'aretz or the Goy eliminates it. No, that's exactly... No, it's it's because because one opinion says that no matter who owns it, the land is kadosh and the requirements there. The second opinion says if the goy owns it, it could it could take away the kiddushat aretz. No. 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 no, no, he agrees that the kiddushah is always there. The question is who did the final processing? So that was the, the final process, the processing. No good. No good. Meaning when the requirement when the requirement kicks in, forget processing. When the requirement in the case we used before, the digun was the final requirement. Over here, over here, the requirement is one third growth. Substitute one third growth for miduach. It's right. the same thing. Right. And the question is, when it kicks in, whose possession was it in? Right. So if it doesn't kick in, does that imply that the goy's ownership eliminated the need to take out the lekach chapa? If it did not kick in, it yes. doesn't. Yeah. No, no, no. It mean, no, it means the kedusha is still there, but he never had. But the, we, the, the ownership was never validated by the Jew by the, when he sold it to the goy. So it's not required to take out the lekach 
If, if, yeah, that's true because the, the requirement never kicked in, Alberto. Just because the requirement didn't kick in, but if it did, if it did kick in, you would be Hayav. So there is an inherent kid but it never kicked because in. It's like an al tanai. The tanai was never hal yet. That's all. But once it's hal, it's there. So then that means it's kadosh, right? Okay. So here we go. Let's read it inside one more time. I'll do it inside one more time from the beginning. Ready? Tashma. Yisrael shelakach sadeh meovei kochavim. I buy my this field from a goy. Okay, and ad shelohivi ashlish. I bought the field before the produce grew. The chazar. I went back now. Umecharalo to the goy mishehivi ashlish. Now this hivi ashlish is the requirement for the trumot masot to kick in on this particular because some things are miruah, which are grains, but other things like vegetables right, so and things like that is not is one third growth. One third growth kicks in. Okay, and now that's the requirement. So I sold it to him. Uh, after the requirement had already kicked in, which means it was in the possession of the Jew when the re- when the requirement was was triggered. Okay, it says in there you, that is hayab imaser shikva nithayva nithayva in lo nithayva lo. The only reason why you have to give trumotum asrot here is because the requirement kicked in in the possession of the Jew. If it had not kicked in in the possession of the Jew, even though at some later stage it got to its growth of one third, it would be patur. This supports the opinion that says, second opinion, right? That says that that the uh, even though the kiddushah is there, if it didn't, the, the requirement didn't trigger in the possession of the Jew, it's patur. That's clearly what it says, right? Okay. And I says no. They said they sold the same day. Could be. Back well, I, I could grow that fast. If it could grow that fast, it had to grow. It had to grow to the, the required stage. But it, so right. Fast. But technically, uh, technically impossible to even do it on the same day because it was a dot less than a third. It grew just enough to get to the third. Okay. So it's possible. Oh, it's, but it's hitting the third metric. It's that's not, what's it's, making it's it. It's when it, the whole third. No, no, no. One third. It's, the, the it's third. supposed to grow twelve inches. Right. When it grows four oh. inches, it's high up. Right. Okay. It's right. It could be a day. So it could be, the, could be an hour. It depends. Could, okay. Let's say it's not. It's fine. Just, right? A week. Whatever. Fine. Then, then, then you, then the point is that it didn't, if it didn't get to the requirement in my possession, right. it's going to be patur. That's what this barata clearly says. Right. That, that, that very, supports opinion number two. Correct. But it seems very difficult for it to be hayab. Unless, Why? Unless the Jew had it at a very specific point in time. I, the guy hayab. planted the field, and I bought it for him now, and I went, I gave it to three, three, four months later. Right, the value went up, prices went up, and now there's one third growth. I sell it back to him. I make some money. That's the case. Okay. So he says now, Hacha b'mayaskina and b'suria v'kasavar kibush yachid lashme kibush. Back to the series. Very nice. Very nice. You're right. That's what it says. But this didn't say where the field was. It didn't say it was in Eretz Israel. You assume this was in Israel. This is not Israel. This is in Syria. Okay. And look at Ashi what he says. Now she says over here. Uh, okay, that one we hold that the possession of the goy can remove because it's not really Israel. It's it's kibush yachid the David kibsha velo ayu kol Yisrael sham vehi aram soba. Okay, yeah. Okay, fine. So, no proof. Try again. Tashima. Have a Jew and a Goy who buy a field in partnership. Let's go buy a field together. Good. First opinion says Tevel vechulin meuravin zebaze devreir bi. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel omer shelovei kochavim patur shel Yisrael hayav. Okay, so we have two opinions. We buy the field as a partnership. Produce grows. One opinion says every molecule in that apple that grew on the tree is half 
Hayav in Maaser and half Patur, every single molecule. Okay? And the other opinion says, no, what belongs to the Goy is Patur, and what belongs to the Jew is Hayav. Says Gemara, says, Both opinions are saying whatever the Goy owns is Patur. That's what they're both saying. One is saying it's every molecule, and one is saying no, the produce that he owns is patur, and the produce you own is hayav. Either way, they only argue about berera. Is there berera retroactive designation to say which was mine and which was his? But both agree, whatever the goy owns is patur. Yes? Assuming that they split in here. Assume that they separate. According to Tanakama, I don't care even if you go and you split the produce, you didn't do anything. Because his, his is Hayav, the ones that he have have part Hayav and part Patur, and the ones that you have part Hayav, there's no Berera. There's no Berera. Everything's, no everything's always. Mixed match, mix, yeah. inside. According to the other opinion, he says, no, there's Berera. Whatever he took was always his, whatever you took was always yeah. yours. His is Patur, yours Hayav. Both opinions say whatever the Goy owns is Patur. They're both saying that. Well, the only, right. Do we know where it is? That's all the only question. But, but they both say Patur. Right. It's not practical, though. It's not a practical case. You're right, but fine. Rabbi, both opinions have no issue with our prior two opinions. Yes, th- this is a proof. This is a proof. The they got to the stage of what... Uh, I, I, this, in, this, in our last page. Yeah, I understand. The only I understand. thing that obligated the Goy to give uh, the legacy of the Jew grew by a third. No, but, no, if the Jew no, didn't no, no, grow no, no, by no. a third, then there's no obligation. No, leket pe'ave is It's a grains. This is pro. That that one third growth is not for grains. It's for other kinds of things that grow. Okay, we're not trying to prove the last case. They're the same thing because the miruah and the one third stage are the same thing. It just means when the requirement of the of the, the separation kicks in. Right. So here the goy over here now. Say again. Goy owns his fifty percent the whole time. That's true. So nobody disagrees in the last page. If the goy owned it his whole time, there's no obligation. No, hafuch. According to the first. According opinion, to, according to the, <coughs> again, <coughs> both opinions before <coughs> say <coughs> that, <coughs> that 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 no. the that the kiddushah of Israel is always there. They both said that. The only question was, what, do I say that right? Even when the when the requirement triggers in the possession of the Jew, or even 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 if it triggers in the possession of the goy. That was so the, the second opinion, no trigger. The first opinion, yes. Correct. It's no matter so, what, it's going to be Hayav according to the first opinion. So we're trying second to opinion, the no. Second opinion, yes. So now this one seems to say that no matter what, no matter what, the, there's Patur ones here. So that's the second opinion. Even though it triggers in the possession of the Jew, of the Goy. It grew to the stage that needs to be in the possession of the Goy, it's going to be Patur. Second opinion. Correct. This proves the second opinion. Yes. Correct. Okay? Good. So now, Ma says at the end of the day, they both say, Yesh. Right? Possession of the Goy, Lafkiya Mide Maser. Answers the Gemara, very nice, great, I agree with you. You know what? Hachanami Bisuria. Kasabak, Kibusha, Yelosh Mekibush. You didn't tell me where the field is again. It's Syria. Okay. Amar Avchia Bar Avin Tashima, one more time. Hamokher Sadeo Leve Kochavim. Lokeach Umevi Pikurim Mepeneti Kuna Olam. Why are we into this conversation? Al Mishnah. This is the Mishnah. Now, Bikurim, you don't bring from Syria. So that, that's off the table now. Okay? Uh, right. Okay. So this is not. This is now Israel. Al Mishnah. I was told about Israel. Okay. And it says over here, you sold your field to the goy. You, we force you to go buy the bikurim. Why we buy you the bikurim? Why? Why? Tikkun Olam. Which means what? It's only a rabbinical enactment. We don't want you selling your field. But what about the requirement of bikurim? Oh, that's gone. Why? Because the goy owns it. Oh, proof. Right. 
מפני תיקון העולם, אין, מדאורייתא, לא, פיניש, here's the proof, that the, the fact that the, the, the ביקורים grew to the obligation of ביקורים in the possession of the גוי, זה פטור, the only reason we make you go back and buy it again is because תיקון העולם, we don't want you to sell in the field to the גוי. Okay. In fact, you had a tikkun olam gezerah. That means without that, it, that, 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 that it, it was patur. Required. It was patur, not required. Therefore, proof that the goy has the, the the power to remove the kiddushah from the produce or the requirement, even if it grew into to the right the right size in his possession. Proof. Amar Now, shte takanot havu. There were really two takanot over here to try to prevent, prevent the person from selling the field to the goy. Why? He says, what happened? Meikara havu mighty midoraita. Originally, what they did was when they sold the field to the goy, we would make him bring the produce with the oraita. Okay? So, because again, the kiddusha is always there, no matter what, right? Kevan, the hazu, the kamakre, umizabne, why the savre, be kiddusha tayu kamin? So people said, wait, wait, I sold the field to the goy, and you're still making me go and bring the, 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 the what do you call it, the bikurim, and it's doraita, I read the psukim, and the whole thing, I give it to the kohen, I do the whole process, even though I went and I bought the produce from the goy. So the Jew is saying, oh, wow. So even though I sold it to the goy, really the kiddushah is still there. So the guy needs the money, he's going to sell it. So the, takana, the purpose of the no. takana didn't do anything for me. I, yeah, the kiddushah is still there. Yeah, yeah. So they were still selling it. So the rabbis, what you did, takinu lehu delo laitu. Okay? They stopped and they made a takanaf now. Say, okay, you sold the field to the goy? No, 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 bikurim. Don't bring bikurim anymore. So now they, they, they figured, oh, people are going to see that you can't bring bikurim. So that removing the kiddushah, I lost the mitzvah. They hoped that that would prevent them from selling the field. Okay, but what happened? Kevan dehazu demand delo sagile mizban v'kamishtakan biyad of dekochavim. Some guys needed the money; they had no choice. What they do? They sold the field and they left it by the goy. Now, without bringing bikurim, what are they gonna do? Guy needs the money. Guy needs the money. So the the purpose of the takana to prevent from them selling the field didn't work. People were selling it now and just not bringing the bikurim. So what happened? Hadar takinu lehu delaytu. Okay, and then they went back and they made the takana to bring it again, which means they put it back on the oraita level. The takana that we're reading in the Mishnah is Doraita. Why is it takana? Because they originally made a takana to undo the Doraita. And they made another takana to put Doraita back. So you have no proof over here. Even though it says takana, it's not rabbinical, it's Doraita. Why is it takana? It was reestablishing the Doraita. That was a takana. The takana requirement was always there. We made a takana, don't bring the bikurim because we don't we want we hope that, that was going to stop them from selling the field. Oh, my field that used to bring bikurim, also I'm not going to bring bikurim. Oh no, 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 I'm not going to sell my field. I'll find some other way to get the money. But some guys had no choice. So they had, they had no choice. They don't know the way. Sold the field. And then what happened? They never went to go back to get the Bikurim. They never went. They just left it by the Goy. Finish. That's not what they wanted. That was the whole purpose of Takana. was not to let that happen. And therefore they reestablished the original Doraita Takana to go back and go buy the produce. And basically, why? Because it was always there. That requirement was there. The rabbi suspended the Doraita requirement with the first Takana and then reestablished the Doraita Takana with the, 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 with the second Takana. And therefore, what? It's not a proof anymore to you to tell me, oh, it's a Takana, me Doraita, the Goy owns it. No, no, no. Kiddushah was always there. It was re-suspended that requirement and we brought it back. Fine. No proof. I know this uh, yeah. is not a sacrifice, mm. but it's slightly tainted. Why? This bikurim is slightly, it's, mm. not, it's not pure, like, it's not like Because it came from the, you want to say it came yeah, from the flesh yeah, of God. So, so it's not the same, you know, like, because you got to be very careful on sacrifices. This is, 
Okay, yeah, call it. It's also it's also the the the, the psukim that I actually have to, to read over here, right? That it says in the psukim the 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 that yeah. you gave me the field and you gave me the produce and I right 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 now now I want to okay, thank you Hashem. So you're right. It's a little bit off. Uh, you know some of the some of the statements that I'm making are not accurate. So accurate anymore. If I sold the field to the goy, you're right. Technically true. Another thing of this. Yeah. What about you're talking about sharecroppers? Yes. A goy sharecropper or a Jewish sharecropper. This, this is going to be involved in this too. So right? it's coming up actually right now about someone similar to what you're asking about. Who, who owns, in that scenario, who owns the, who owns the produce, right? So in that sharecropping, it's not so difficult to figure out because at the end of the day, I'm getting some and you're getting some. We have a pre-existing, a pre-existing agreement. I'm going to take one third, you're going to take two thirds or whatever the deal is. But what about this case? You ready? Listen to what the Gemara says now. Itmar. Hamocher sadehu leperot. I sell you my field, but I didn't sell you the field. I sell you the produce of my field. Rashi says, for an extended period of time. I'm going to give you a land lease. You're going to, you're going to keep the produce. You're going to keep everything that grows. I keep the land. After the lease expires, I get it back. That's the husband and wife. <laughs> so the Gemara says, you're right. The Gemara is going to bring that as one of the proofs. Hamocher sadeu leperot. amar mevi vekore. Reish amar mevi veenokore. Okay, so if I sold my field, okay, so now the question is, the person who's now growing these fruits, does he make, does he bring Bikurim? Can he say, right, the psukim of the Arsecha Shena Tatali is Kinyan Perot, Kinyan Haguf, or not? That's what the Mahalok is about. The guy who owns the produce, does he own the land? Allahically, because obviously he doesn't own the land, but right now he does. It's all in his possession, and he keeps the fruits. So that means the field is his, and he can come to the Beit Hamikdash and read the Psukim. <coughs> right? Is he leasing the land, or is he leasing the output of the land? So that's the Mahloket, exactly the point. Is the lease of the land, which gives me the produce, equal to the ownership or not? That's what God exactly what about. No, otherwise, please no. You just have the produce, and the land belongs to him. Question is, if the irrigation system breaks, who's responsible? If he just has a, the produce... It's a net, triple net lease. It's, not, a tri- it's a triple net lease. Not, it is. Not, Why not? Not. not? Why not? Because if it's a triple net lease, yeah. if, something, if the irrigation system breaks, yes. he's responsible for it. That's correct. Okay. If he just gets a produce and the irrigation system breaks, he calls the owners and fix your. No, no, but you have the deal is you have to you have to work the land. I'm not working the land. You have to make it grow. No you have to do everything. It's a no net lease. No problem. But whatever's on the land is a landlord's responsibility. Whatever's it's on the land is no, no, that's not true. It's not a share. No, no, I gave you an empty plot. I gave you a plot. Go plant and go grow and go do what you want. Ten years, I'll see you later. Right, I'll see you in ten years. You're paying me a fixed fee of rental and that's it. Shalom alechem. Okay, so read this inside. You ready? The produce uh, owner, the, the guy who has the produce, comes and reads the psukim of of uh, of the bikurim. You have to bring the bikurim, but enokore because you're, you're lying. It's not your land. Right. Okay. Why? Because he holds Owning the produce is owning the land. Right? According to him, owning the fruit is not owning the land. And therefore, you have to bring Bikurim, but it's rabbinical Bikurim according to Reish Lakish. According to Bihanan, it's Doraita. Obligation. Okay? It says, okay. Rabbi Yohanan is going to challenge Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yohanan is the one who says that it is an obligation. It's Mevi ve Kore. Reish Lakish says, Mevi ve Eno Kore. He brings a pasuk. The pasuk says as follows: Vesamachta becholatov asher natan lecha adonai lohecha ulvetecha ata vehaleviva ager asher bekerbecha. Who's ulvetecha, Mr. Katan? Melamed shadam mevi bikure ishto 
They're exactly the case that we're discussing, what you said, the Nechsei She brings the, the land into the property, into the, into the marriage, and he's the responsible for the produce to, to bring, to, to work the land, bring the produce. She owns the Guf Karka. So over here it says what? That the baraita, it's a Mishnah, but I tell it's a baraita. The Biyo Hanan says, Melamed Sha'adam Mevi Bikure Ishtove Kore. Okay? And what? He brings a Pasuk, Doraita, Ulbetecha. The Pasuk now, Ulbetecha is your wife. Right? Visa Machta Becholatov is one of the Pasukim, right? That talks about bringing the Bikurim. And it says over there, you'll be happy for all that God gave you, Ulbetecha, and to your wife. And therefore, clearly, that the Bikurim, I bring them on my wife's field. Now, I don't own my wife's field. I only own the fruits. Mm. Proof for the Biyohana. Okay. Pasuk for the Doraita. It says Doraita. Amar Leresh Lakish answers back. Shani Hatam. No, no, that's different. Why? Dichtib Ulbetecha. He says, no, no. The Torah had to write for you, to tell you over there to bring the produce from your wife's field. Because normally, you don't. For your wife's case only. But everywhere else, someone who just sold the field for produce, that doesn't mean you own the field. That's Reish Lakish's answer back. Okay? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. What happens if you rent out the land? I rent the land. You give out the land on a lease, long lease. Okay. And the guy doesn't pay, doesn't give the record. Are you responsible? So that's a good question. That would be, that would, if, we, if, if yes, we would have an answer to the question, right? That's basically the same question. Whose responsibility is it? Because Bikurim, again, remember now, is not an obligation of the produce like Trumotum Asrot. I told you before, Bikurim is an obligation on the person. You have a responsibility because it's all about you. Arami oved aviv, ayer mitzrayma, ve'ata. Now asavata samecha Hashem, right? And He's giving me all the barachah. I'm saying thank you to Hashem. It's a personal obligation for me to give thanks for the bikurim. So now the question is exactly your question. Now who who has to make that declaration? The guy who owns the land or the guy who owns the fruits, right? So if I know the answer to that, I have an answer to our question, but we don't know yet, right? So okay. So He says like this. Yeah, what? He still has to give his, his ma'asir. I mean, he's still, if, he's, if the Jew is getting a, a, a lease payment. Yes, he's, he's just getting a cash payment. He's getting a cash payment. He's still, is there an argument to say that, that piece of, the piece of uh, his lease payment is going to, is going to uh, tzedakah? No, he's getting the, the question would be is, is is the person who has the produce growing in his position obligated for for, for bikurim or not? Because remember, who's responsible here? Now you can't make the landowner responsible for the bikurim because he didn't grow the fruits. He can't say it's mine. I he owns the land. They both say the guy who has the fruits brings it. The only question is, is it a rabbinical requirement? Or says no. Even though the guy doesn't own the land. Nobody says that the landowner brings the fruit. Nobody says that. The two opinions are it's both the guy who grew the fruts. Is it requirement de oraita? Is it requirement de rabanan? Is kinyan perot ki kinyan aguf? Or kinyan perot is not kinyan aguf. Right. Right? In this particular case, yeah. is who's bringing, forget about the kore. Who is bringing the Bikurim? The Kore is the one that brings the Bikurim. That's how it works. Why, is it, why use the language Mevi? Mevi. Who's bringing the Perut? Who's bringing the, who's bringing the Bikurim? Mevi et Bikurim Nushalayim. What's Mevi ve'el Kore? Mevi, I bring the produce to the Kohen and I don't say the Psukim. Here you go. You bring, uh, right. So who's doing that here? So the g- same guy. The guy who grew the fruits. Nobody who says. Who is that here? 
In this case, yes, the guy who leased it to. Well, the guy, the guy who has the pro, the guy who grew the fruits, who grew the fruits, the least, the, the guy who paying, paying the rent. Okay, so we're talking about the guy They both, they both say, both opinions say that the, the landowner who rent. leased out his land right. does not do anything. Okay. They both say oh, okay. the other guy brings the produce. One opinion, Rabbi Yohanan says he brings it Doraita, full fledged Bikurim, and says the scheme that he's supposed to say, even though he doesn't own the land, he only owns the fruit. And Rabbi Yohanan, the Rishakish, says, no, he doesn't own the land, he only owns the fruit. We let him bring the Bikurim, but he doesn't say anything. Is Gufa Perot considered Gufa Karka? Good. Okay. Yeah, what's the problem? Okay, so let's assume that the land produces $100 a year. Okay. Right? Of, of goods. Okay. I lease it to you mm-hmm. for $99. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that is is subject to maaser now is the one dollar. I put you a lease up Forget here. Maaser and bikurim do different things. What are you talking about maaser? We're talking about bikurim. Whatever it is, forget the variable. Here. There's a difference. Okay. There's a big difference. Whatever you want. Okay. okay. Bikurim. Let's assume, right? We don't know the value of the bikurim ever, okay. but okay. Let's assume, as as a landlord of the land, right? I'm taking out. A portion of its value. Let's yeah. not go with a ninety-nine dollar case. Okay. Let's assume that I'm taking a portion of, of the produce via rent, right? So let's say land produces a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm charging you rent of eighty dollars. Okay. Why is that tax-free? That's what you were saying before. Like it shouldn't be tax-free because the produce of the land is what's paying you your rent. The mitzvah in the Torah says the obligation of bikurim is the first fruits that grew from your labors of the work that you did for that year. Okay. I have a requirement. For the okay. first so the, la- the landowner, the, the, la- the landowner didn't, I don't care if it has, doesn't matter. Torah says you have a mitzvah to bring the first fruits. I don't then, care. That's the mitzvah, the Torah. Does he do it out of expenses? No, of course not. It's not, Alberto. No, it's part of his. It's part of his course. He understands. Maybe now after ten years, he has beautiful plowing uh, and beautiful things growing. Who said that the fact that he doesn't, if he if he brings the bikurim, maybe that's what brings the beracha, and he grow, and his fruits grow ten times better. And it's, you have no idea. It's a mitzvah from Hashem. We don't know. I think it's a good workaround for what? Not have to give maaser and bikurim or anything. Let's all lease our land to some idiots. We'll get fixed pay, payment of rent. I'm not obligated to anything. I'm gonna buy land in Israel. Yeah. I'm gonna lease it out to somebody. Okay. You're gonna be required in your maaser and all the stuff that you're no, not. No, 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 that's cute. No, okay, no, no, that's not cute. cute. That's emet. It's not cute. It's emet. The mitzvah is worth more than the flus. I promise. I got it. I promise. It's a bad workaround. Huh? It's a bad workaround. Why do I have to? Why, why do I have to? Why do I have to stop it? What's the problem? At the end of the Alberto, 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 Rohi. At the end of the day, the Ani is getting the same food. I give it to him, or the other guy gives it to the other guy. The Ani is getting the maaser regardless. What's the difference? And if the the only difference is that I lost out on the mitzvah. Yalla, let's go. Next. Okay. So version one is Rabbi Yohanan says like this. Let's get back on track. Yalla, let's get back on track. I want to finish the daf. Yalla, let's go. Okay. Okay. Reish Lakish says, Yesh, Kinyan Perot is Kinyan Karka. 
Okay? It's Kenyan Aguf. And he proves it from the Pasuk that says, Ulbetecha, that's my wife's land that I got in the marriage, and I bring her Bikurim and I say the Psukim. That's what, the, that's what it says. Says Resh Lakish, very nice. I agree. It's Gezerata Katuv. When you bring the produce from your wife's land, you make Bikurim and you say, but everywhere else, no. Why? Because the Torah had to write it over there to tell you to do it. Everywhere else, it's not true. Right. Okay, so it's basically Rabbi Yohanan is making Rabbi Yohanan is making a binyan av to learn everywhere from here. And he says, "No, it's got to do. It's all exclusive place." Okay, okay. Says Mara Ika de Amre, version two. Ika de Amre etive Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish to Rabbi Yohanan. It's not a proof from Rabbi Yohanan's version. Rabbi Lakish is using it as an attack. Ul betecha melamed shemivi adam bikure ishto vikure. And therefore, what? The Torah had to write it, says the Rishon Lakish, because everywhere else you don't do it. Right? Says if Yohanan, I agree, that is that Pasuk, that's my Binyanav. That's why you write it here and you do it everywhere. Good. So, same flow. Was it just Rabbi Yohanan using the challenge? And if it's question and answer were the same, it's just who started the conversation. Okay. He's on the way to Yerushalayim. He has his produce that he grew in his field in whatever you want to pick a city, Be'er Sheva, from his wife's field. And he's on the way to Yerushalayim to bring the Bikurim, and he heard that his wife passed away. Mevi Vekore. He brings the produce. And he says the psukim, it's still all valid bikurim. Marah says, meta in, lo meta lo. Only, right, mevi bekore, because she's meta. What happens when his wife passes away, by the way? He gets the land. He owns the land. He's an inheritor. He inherits the land. The bikurim are his also. So that's why, meta bekore. If it's only meta, but if she's not meta, you're not kore. It's proof, 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 no, no, even even if not meta. Okay, so then why are you talking about a case of meta? No, no, meta is I want to teach you a chidush that, that when she passes away. What's the chidush? You might think, You might think we should make a guess over here not to read because of what did he say? What did he say? In our case, we would not do that, which means holds, right? That because the Psukim says, you have to bring them, so the person had, it had to be in the ownership of the same person from the time that it was gathered, the time it was brought. And over there, therefore, he says, if he sent the shaliach to take it for me to Yerushalayim, and the shaliach dies, then someone else is going to bring it. You would say, you would bring it, and you would not read it. And therefore, over here, too, maybe you'll make a gezerah, since he was on the way, and his wife died, maybe we shouldn't read it anymore. Okay, because it transferred the wife to him. No, we let him read it anyway. So it's about meta. has nothing to do with would we bring it or not. You have no proof. Okay, fine. We'll wrap up with this. Rabbi Yohanan and Ishtakish are following their opinions. Okay? Elsewhere. What do they say elsewhere? I sold my field while it is Yovel uh, in, in, in force. So think about what's happening. When I sell my field in Bizman Shayovel Yovel Noheg, that's basically a land lease. The Kaka goes, goes back. It's always automatically a land lease, right? So Bizman Shayovel, they have the same argument. Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Mevi Vekore. 
I'm not technically, you don't own the land forever. So land lease at maximum 49 years, maximum. That's a bihana. So bihana the whole time you bring you you bring uh, what do you call you bring uh, bikurim and you read the psukim. No, no, right. you don't you don't because it's not yours. I mean, you would only bring according to Reish Lakish. I would only bring bikurim if I'm still on my own ancestral land. Somebody who sold their ancestral land, somebody else is on it now, and that person is going to give it back to somebody else in Yovel. That guy during the 49 years doesn't give, doesn't give uh, Bikurim. He, doesn't, he brings them, but he doesn't read the Psukim. Okay? Yeah, huge. Amar, okay? So, Reshakish Amar mevive eno kore. Nebi Yohanan mevive kore, why? Kinyan perot, kinyan aguf dami. Reshakish Amar mevive eno kore, kinyan perot, love, kinyan gana aguf dami. Same exact mahloket. So, Mara says, why do I need twice? times? Tzricha. Why do I need two times same mahloket? No, no, I need both. They have an open argument about kinyan perot, kinyan aguf, and then they have an argument about bikurim in Zmancha Yovel Noheg. But they're really the same mahloket. Why do they argue two times about the same thing, about somebody who has a land lease, right? So he says, no, no, I need both. In the case of I bought the field only for produce, it was a land lease. Maybe that's what Reish Lakish says, that I don't bring Bikurim, and, I mean, I bring the Bikurim, but I don't make this statement, because I bought it intentionally knowing I don't own the land. But when somebody buys the land... And it's Yovel that's going to take it away from him. When he went into the possession of that land, it was in his mind that I own this land. It was never for explicitly that I only bought it for Perot. I bought the land. The Torah says you didn't really buy the land, but I bought the land. The Torah says I'll give it back. When I went and I actually, I contracted to buy only Perot, maybe that's when Eshtakish says you don't own the goof. But if I bought the land with the intention to keep the land until Yovel, maybe that, then, then I do. So I need to know that he argues even in the time of Yovel. Good. Avabehach. In the case of Yovel, maybe I don't know, maybe you do Okay, then only give me this case about Yovel that you but maybe he would agree to Reish Lakish in a case where I contracted only for the Perot maybe he says, uh, yeah, you're right he only got when you bought the land itself right? Amen, amen